Welcome to the Freedom Air, the modern entrepreneur's guide to wealth and freedom. Determined to expose the secret hacks you need to achieve financial abundance while enjoying your ideal lifestyle. Real estate mogul and serial entrepreneur Justin Wilmot has flipped over 400 houses and profited millions. He is now on a mission to help you, aspiring investors, seasoned investors, and entrepreneurs. Learn how you can start living your retired life now, not when you're too old to enjoy it. Here is your host, Justin Wilmot. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Freedom Air Show, where we believe that you can escape the nine to five, live the life of your dreams when specialized knowledge meets massive action. Our goal is to introduce you to the guests that will lead and inspire you to take the next step, break through those mental barriers, and just start living an epic life. Today is, today's guest is a successful serial entrepreneur, founder, and CEO of a real estate software company called Rehab Valuator, who helps both seasoned and aspiring real estate investors increase their revenue via wholesaling, rehabbing, fixing, and flipping houses. He's also a successful real estate investor, commercial developer, and landlord out, out of Richmond, Virginia. The list goes on, but most of all, his accomplishments are a successful husband and father while simultaneously running successful companies in the real estate industry while aspiring other investors to do the same. It's my great honor to have him on the show. So without further ado, Mr. Daniel Clayman. Woo, what an intro. Look, at, you, sh- you should, be, should be my publicist. <laughs> Take me around was, with you, man. That was, that was the best intro I've, I've ever gotten and, and <laughs> probably far, far too kind. So but yeah, man, thanks for having me on. Dude, that's awesome, man. Well, dude, I'm stoked to have you on. I was really glad um, when you said you would do this because I don't know. It doesn't seem like you do too many. So uh, I'm stoked. And um, just a side note, dude, you're a great guy. Great, great leader. I love what you do. I love the way you operate with integrity. Nobody tells you of anything other than what you know to believe true. Um, hmm. So this is a man that sticks to his word, and that's um, uh, rare these days. So well, thank uh, you. I, I I appreciate it, and then the, the admiration flows in the reverse direction as as well. I mean, you you've built a great brand and with a very clear identity, mm-hmm. and 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 you know, I'm, I, you're adding a ton of value to people's lives, and and showing them the path. So that's awesome. Awesome, man. I appreciate it, brother. I love it, dude, man. I love being in the space. So dude, the first time you and I met, uh, we'll talk a little bit about this before we started uh, recording, but I believe it was in South Carolina, right? Yeah, it was a, it was at a buddy's wedding. That was, I mean, it wasn't that many years ago, but it seems like it was a different lifetime. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> one, one takeaway, of course, that it was a lot of fun, by the way, this buddy, you guys have, uh, actually, I think we just launched the podcast with Patrick, uh, Patrick Riddle, but, uh, Daniel and I met at his wedding. Mm-hmm. Um, Patrick is, uh, was my publisher at the time and he really helped get me going not only in this, uh, education space, but he was my first real estate mentor. And, um, you know, we have just this amazing relationship and I just admire the heck out of him and we've gone to a lot of amazing things together. Um, but what's interesting, man, is those of us that were at the wedding, I looked around that room and I said, these are committed people. <laughs> because because it was it was smack dab in the middle of one of the worst hurricanes charleston has ever seen ever i, I wasn't it's sure terrible. we were gonna i we we almost didn't get out and and when it came time to drive back the next day i-95 was completely flooded 
we had to detour. We had to take like an eight hour detour to drive back to Virginia through just back back roads of South and North Carolina. And every time we would take like a random turn, we'd have to turn around because that road was flooded. It was crazy. Was, so yeah, yeah, it was insane. So, I, I I remember, dude. I was driving. I I actually drove up. Usually, I like to fly, but I drove up and I had a H two uh, Hummer at this t- at the time. And I thought, you know, I saw those flooded roads, buddy. And I was like, oh, it's gonna be awesome. I get no. to do my thing. No, it was coming in through the sides. I was soaking wet. Um, but dude. We were committed, right? <laughs> Patrick was committed to getting married. You know, that could have been a good excuse to call the whole thing off if, if you had cold feet. But no, that was, I mean, that was a fun wedding. And um, having a few drinks helped me uh, get in the Uber that night and just <laughs> trust the Uber, not the Uber driver, not to kill us and get us back to the hotel. You know, <laughs> yeah. it was uh, a story for sure. Yeah, man. Good times. <laughs> good times, dude. So, dude, um, uh, one thing that I'm, I'm personally super interested in um, is how in the heck, like, like your story, and I, I know it's long, but maybe you could just give us a quick summary. Uh, you are, your family moved here, like you moved here from where? Russia. And your first generation? Yeah, I was 12. You were 12 here. when you moved here. Yeah. And, and for those of you that make excuses, I just want to, him to tell you his story because He's probably one of the, I would call one of the most successful investors in the Richmond area. I, I mean, up that, there. I mean that's what it sounds like. I, look, I got, I got other people in the streets, man. I'm asking around and they're, <laughs> they're pointing fingers at you, dude. Yeah. They're pointing at you. I mean, <laughs> so. far, 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 far more, far bigger players than I am. But right. Okay. You know, I, so, I, so, I, how, so how'd you get in the game, man? Well, so I mean, so how, how far do you want me to take my story back? I mean, we we're, we're immigrants, right? We came here. I was 12 years old. I came here with my family. Uh, we're Jews. We immigrated from Soviet Union right before the wall fell down in 92. And it just wasn't a good place for Jews to be. And it wasn't a good place for really for anybody to be. Um, at the time, it was incredibly corrupt, incredibly dangerous. And, you know, my, my parents were, were fairly well established in, in Soviet Union. My mom was a doctor. She had a PhD. My dad was worked for the government. And um, they, they, were, they were actually doing pretty well. And they left it all behind just to bring myself and my brother here and uh, for the opportunities that, that, that exist here. I mean, my mom scrapped her medical degree. And when she came here, she was a nobody. She had to go back to medical school, go back through residency, go back through, start from scratch. And, you know, seeing what she went through, um, I couldn't imagine going to medical school once I'd last three days, right? She, she became a doctor twice in two different languages, right? So she was a doctor. She was a PhD in, in, in Soviet Union. And she came here and she started completely over. She, was go, she went to medical school and took board exams with people half her age. So seeing, seeing what she did twice and then the second time in a foreign language, like it makes everything that we do pale by comparison, mm. right? Like mm. it's... 100. I, it's and I, and I probably should tell her that more because I'm not sure I ever do, but it's, it's incredibly inspirational having witnessed what she did and what my dad did. And so like everything, everything that we do by comparison, it's, it's all easy. Um, mm-hmm. Imagine being in your 40s, um, 30s, in your 30s, right? And having to pick up and move to a different country where you don't know the language and start your life over again and you know, that's, that's what they did. So we came here, um, 
you know, I went to college. I went, I went, I got a corporate job. Uh, I worked on Wall Street until the economic collapse of 2008. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a pretty good job on Wall Street, but it, you know, I worked 90, 100 hour weeks. And then I partied the rest of the time because I was 27 years old. I, mm-hmm. I saved nothing. I, I, I lived fast, mm-hmm. however you want to interpret yeah, that. Fast and furious. Um, <laughs> you know, and, and then economy collapsed. And I got laid off from, I worked for JP Morgan at the time. I worked for Bear Stearns. If anybody's familiar with, you know, if anybody was around during those days, I worked for Bear Stearns. Bear Stearns went out of business. I essentially collapsed. Um, JP Morgan uh, took over Bear Stearns. I went to work for JP Morgan. And then after probably another three months, I I got laid off. And at the time, at that point, I was, I was thankful to get laid off because it was just not a fun place to be anymore. Right, right. And and I already had some interest in real estate. I, I had interest in entrepreneurship for a long time, but because I had a secure job and I kept getting paid, I kept telling myself, you know, I'm going to work another year. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wait till I save up a little money. I'm going to wait till I get another bonus. I'm going to wait till I'm in a better place and I'm going to start my business. And, and, it, and I kept doing that. And that's a trap I think a lot of people fall into, especially if you have some security, right? When, you have, when you've got nothing to lose, the people that I see being the most successful right now are people that don't overthink it. They have nothing to lose. They go out and they, they, they implement, right? 100%. It's the people that have stuff to lose, a little bit of security, a little bit of golden handcuffs. Those are the people that get stuck, right? And, and don't chase their, their actual dreams because it's, a, it's, it's scary and you have, you have some security. So that, 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 that's what I was doing for a couple of years. I, wanted, I, I didn't really like working on Wall Street. I wanted, wanted to work for myself, but I kept getting paid. I kept making good money. And so I kept telling myself another year, then I will go off and do something on my own. And so finally, thankfully, they laid me off, right? They made the choice. They made yeah. the choice for me. The economy made the choice for me. The economy collapsed. I got laid off. And in looking back on it, you know, it was a good thing. Yeah. Because it finally gave me the kick in the ass that I needed to to go out and and start living life on my terms. Dude. So I, I have on the show, Daniel, what we call freedom nuggets. I, I took two. There's probably more in there, but I took two freedom nuggets out of this. Number one, take the nugget, my friends, out of the work ethic, right, um, from his mother. So most people, in my opinion, would go, well, I've already gone through schooling and I've already, I'm a nurse and I already know what I'm doing. I already got, uh, yeah, it's from another country, but I shouldn't have to go through, you know, start, start RN school, you know, from zero to, from A to Z again or whatever, but to do it twice in two different languages, mm-hmm. like that's insane. Okay. Yeah. Um, that, that, that's intense. And two, um, you said something that I just so wholeheartedly agree with, dude. And, and I'd say the same thing to everybody. It's those golden handcuffs. It's when you have the good job that makes life a little tough. And you said getting laid off was an absolute blessing. Like it was like everything good came out of being laid off. That's the mindset that I believe it takes. So I just wanted those are two little freedom nuggets there. Yeah. And, and so, and, and, and I've mentioned this a, a couple of times before and, and you're right. I don't do a lot of podcasts, but, but I think this is, this is important. When, when I got laid off, um, I asked myself a very important question when I got laid off because I, I had an opportunity to go out and I had connections. I could send my resume out. I could get another six figure job somewhere. Mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm. I, I saw so when I got laid off, I asked myself the question, if I land, and this is a good exercise, I think, right. To ask yourself extreme questions. It helps with decision framing. I asked myself, if I land any job tomorrow, 
any job, forget the jobs mm-hmm. that I am capable of landing. If somebody came up to me tomorrow and said, Daniel, you're a CEO of a Fortune 500 company now. You get to fly on a private jet and we're going to pay you $5 million a year. Would I, would, would I then be happy? Would I wake up excited to go back to, to go to that job for the next three years, right? And the answer to that came back, no. I didn't want, I, that, I realized I, I didn't want the job anymore, no matter how much it paid, no matter what perks it came with. It was still a job. I was still going to make other people wealthy. I was still going to help other people build their businesses. And, yeah. and so the decision I made when I got laid off was that I wasn't going to send out a single resume. And I wasn't really sure what I was going to do at that point, but I was, I had the benefit of being young, not being in a, a marriage, not having responsibilities. Um, so I uh, got rid of my $3,000 a month Upper East Side Manhattan, uh, Manhattan apartment. Mm-hmm. And I got rid of everything I owned. I rented a minivan and put a couple of boxes of books in it. And I drove back to Richmond, Virginia, and I moved in with my parents. And I was wow. twenty. I was twenty-eight years old, mm-hmm. and it, it was it, it was a decision that had to be made. Right? I could have gotten another six-figure job. I could have kept living pretty well. Right. Right. You could have but kept I the same knew, routine. I, same routine, but I knew long-term that I was going to look back on my life and and have regrets and have regrets mm-hmm. about things that I didn't do. Um, things that I didn't take chances on. So, so I made a hard decision and they moved back in with mommy and daddy and it was freaking great for a year and a half. They fed me, did my laundry and, and, and I, and I started and, and I, you know, I mean, I started two seven figure, what became two, two seven figure companies from, from my parents' spare bedroom. And in hindsight, it was the best thing I could have ever done. Amazing, dude. Amazing, dude. Much respect to you, man. Much respect. Um, and one other freedom nugget that I extracted out of that was, you're, if it felt like you were being spoken to, I'm not trying to get, I'm not getting spiritual here, but you were being spoken to in some way, shape or form, meaning there was something nagging at you, like, like call it whatever it was. But. Yeah. But for, but for a long time, even, even while I had a job, you know, even while I had a job, I, um, I wanted to be in a position to create something, right. That was a big thing for me. Even whatever job I had, I felt like I wasn't really creating anything meaningful. Right. Mm. And so, so I felt a calling and I don't mean that spiritually or religiously. Right. I just felt a calling to contribute to the world. Like, what are you wow. doing? Like what, wow. like you wake up and you, you do something for 40, 50 hours a week. Like what are you actually contributing? Mm. Are you making any kind of an impact? Right. So, so now I get to build new buildings. Mm-hmm. I get to impact how thousands of people will live for the next hundred years. Right. I, I get to create software that helps a lot of people. We create education that helps a lot of people. And it's, it's my own small way of physically contributing something to the world that makes an impact. And then I don't feel like I'm just watching life pass me by. And I think that's important. Like you need that. You have that. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Other people have it and some people don't. Mm-hmm. And for some people, it's not important. Right? They, right. They're happy to wake up, go to work, collect a paycheck, watch Netflix. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's fine. If that's yeah, fine. For me, I, I always felt, no matter how much I was getting paid, I felt like I was missing out on contributing, on building something. Mm. That, was my, that was my thing. And so that's what, because being in business is freaking hard, man. Like, it's not for everybody. Like, the, the shit that we do, can I cuss on your podcast? Oh, absolutely, brother. The, 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 shit, the shit that we do is not easy. It's, it's mm-hmm. stressful. Like, running one company is hard. 
I'm running two plus a property management company. Mm. It's stressful as hell. But mm. the, the, mm. the payoff is that I hopefully will look back on my life and, and say that I've impacted some people. I've created things that impacted and, and impacted how people live, impacted how people um, evolved, right? Mm. Um, and to me, that's important. I love that. And I know that feeling, right? When you build something, when you take up, when it comes to the real estate side, when you take yeah. something that's dilapidated, crappy, I see, I see on Facebook how you're, you're doing a lot of commercial buildings and how you have, <clears throat> I think you just did a building recently, right? Where it's in the middle of town and it was sort of an eyesore, mm-hmm. right? It just looked ugly. And, yep. and now you just put your stamp on it, right? And, and now yep. it's going to be great businesses, office, retail, residential, whatever it is, whatever, if it's mixed use, I don't know. But now you just made a stamp and imprint in Richmond or wherever that what was that in Richmond? Yeah. Well, so I mean, so yeah, th- I mean, th- so this building that we did and we're getting ready to develop the bigger component on that mm-hmm. whole, on that whole block, but it's mm-hmm. kind of like the centerpiece of the neighborhood, right? There's two businesses there. Now there's awesome. sh- some short-term rental apartments upstairs that are gorgeous. And, yeah. and in just the short-term rental apartments, you know, how many people get to stay there over the course of a year? And, you know, we've contributed to, to their experience. Totally. It's fulfilling. It, it, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's cool. I mean, it's, I'm not saying I, I'm making like a huge contribution to the world, but I'm, I'm a piece of the puzzle, right? There's, there are people out there that make the contributions to produce things. Mm-hmm. And then there's most people that all they do is consume things. Mm-hmm. So back mm-hmm. in 2008, I made the decision to stop being a consumer of things and start being a producer. Oh, and please actually, write that and, down, and, listeners. And, 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 that, and actually, we're going to get inappropriate here. What, what I remember writing in my notebook was, um, it's time to stop turning tricks and stop, start pimping. <laughs> I like it. Start pimping. <laughs> and that's what you do. <laughs> yeah. I, I, wanted, I, wanted to, I wanted to no longer be in the 99% of the people that are just consumers. And I wanted to be a producer. And you wanted to be a producer. And, 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 then, and in our society, the people that make money, the people that build wealth, they're the producers, they're creators. They're not the consumers. Not the consumers. Right? So whatever it is that you are able to contribute, produce, create, that's what will enable you to build to build wealth. It's not the it's not the consumption piece. That's what everybody else does. Wow, we're gonna have to title this this one. Don't be a consumer, be a producer. <laughs> I like it. Occasionally, I, I, love, occasionally, it. I love it. It's, occasionally, I get lucky and say smart things. It's, it's <laughs> well, I mean, everybody's probably heard. You know, hey, the more people you help, the more the more you'll earn. You know, that's sort of one way of going about truth sure. of, of truth about it, right? Um, you know, it's real interesting, um, Daniel, that, that, well, actually, before I ask this question, before I ask that question, let me ask this one and stay on the topic they just had. Sure. Um, do you believe that, that like when you made the choice to not, you want to be the 1%, not the 99% and you weren't necessarily talking about income, but of course, income, everybody wants income, right? You have income, you have more freedom. It's I usually commensurate, right? It comes, right. it comes, it travels together. Yeah. Like you yeah. got it, it. It's, it's together. I love that. Um, but when you made that choice, do you believe anybody can make that choice? Like, what if you've been working in um, at AT&T for like 45 years and you are really ingrained, you're a neural network pathways, you are zoned in, you're at freaking seven to, you know, mm-hmm. can't, but they're sick and tired. They're starting to finally feel what Daniel felt in Wall Street at 26 years old. Finally, yeah. 45 years later, but they're feeling it. Can you teach an old dog new tricks? 
It depends on the dog. I mean, again, right? Like running, running your business is not for everybody. Mm-hmm. It's, it's stressful. You never turn it off. Right. You, you, mm-hmm. you come home from a nine to five job at five o'clock. You can turn it off. You have dinner with your family, relax, watch a little TV, have some scotch, whatever it is that you do. Mm-hmm. Go to sleep. I go to sleep thinking about this shit all the time. I go mm-hmm. to sleep thinking about my projects, thinking about my, my various business issues and problems I'm trying to solve. It never turns off. So it's not for everybody. Right. right. Um, but I think everybody has ability to contribute. Mm-hmm. Everybody has something that they can contribute. I don't know if everybody has something they could monetize for millions of people, but everybody can become a producer, right? Everybody can become a producer of something meaningful, mm-hmm. whatever that may be. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. Become a producer of something meaningful. So if you are sick and tired of being sick and tired, my friend, if you really at least start, I mean, I, my opinion, Daniel, is if somebody's at least like even the listeners that are listening right now, by that action, you're at least going in the right direction. And there is something like nagging at you, like I said to you earlier, right? There's something irking at you. Otherwise, you wouldn't be trying to learn from two guys talking on the podcast or a show about how to become a real estate investor or just in essence an entrepreneur. You wouldn't be even interested in figuring out someone's story of where they went from. Um, coming from a suppressed, depressed, communist (laughs) environment, right? To free-thinking, hard-driven, actually mad respect for even taking the corporate route, dude. You still, you went, you did the nine to five, but hey, you did the dream, right? You came to, you came and you- Yeah, but because that's all, that's all, that's all I was taught. That's all, that those were the only roads I was shown in college, right? So- So yeah. the, 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 the traditional, I think the traditional path is becoming less traditional, right? Traditional path is get good grades in high school, get into a really good college, graduate from college, get a really good job, get a really mm. good corporate job. I think that even, and I'm not that, that old, but even since I graduated college, I think that path is becoming less and less mandatory, less common. I'm not going to force my kids to go to college. Most of the shit I learned in college wasn't that useful. Drank a lot. <laughs> Learn how to drink a lot. <laughs> I may, I may, I may, or may, I'm, well, I won't say this in the podcast. Um, <laughs> I'll stop myself. Um, <laughs> like once it's on the internet. It's never, once it's on the internet, yeah. once it's in the cloud, um, baby, it's in the yeah, cloud. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. But I think we I'm, get it. <laughs> I'm not, yeah, I'm not going to force that, that path in my children. I'm going to teach my children early on how to be creators. Mm. Right. Um, how to create things and how, how to produce things and how, and, and how to build freedom, right? So, so if you're listening to this, maybe you don't have this earning to contribute to the world. Maybe you don't have this earning to create, to produce, but you have an earning to never look at your boss's face again because you hate them, right? Or, or, or be in that morning commute every day. Or um, for me, and I by no means... I hope there are no bank tellers listening to this podcast. And if you are a bank teller, and I hope I don't insult you. But for whatever reason, to me, the epitome of hell on earth was being a bank teller because you're standing behind a window all day long and you're just watching people come and go. And a lot of those people might be entrepreneurs like Justin who are there to deposit 
checks from his wholesale deals. Yeah. And you're just watching the world pass you by day after day after. So for, in, for some reason to me, like that is mm. the epitome of, of literally just hell on earth. Just watching, being in one place and just watching the world mm. swirl around you with activity. Dude, and I action. still and, feel you. Yeah. And so maybe, maybe you don't feel an urge to produce, but you just want freedom, right? And real estate is a great path to achieve that freedom. And maybe that's, maybe all you want is just, some money coming in every month so that you can not go to work and you can travel or spend time with your kids or sit at home and, and watch. There's a lot of good shows on Netflix recently. It's kind of crazy. <laughs> there is, there is, there, there you know, is. Maybe you just want to binge <laughs> all day, man. That's, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. We're, yeah. we're all going to be dead. Yeah. We're all going to die and we're all going to, as we're dying, we're going to look back on our life and we're going to say, did I live life how I wanted to live? What regrets do I have? Um, and it's all going to be crystal clear, I think, then. It's not crystal clear now. The choices mm-hmm. you're making now are confusing, scary, and weird. When you're dying, we're taking this podcast in a really dark direction. I'm going to I'm gonna. No, no, I love finish it. this. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. When you're, when you're dying, you're going to look back on your life and you're going to say, Did, do I have regrets? And it's cheesy, but you are going to regret things you didn't do. Mm-hmm. Right? It, I'm obviously not my saying, um, but what you're going to regret are things you didn't do, chances you didn't take. Um, it's not going to be things that you did, right? Mm-hmm. You're not right. going to regret those times that you tried things and you failed because that's not, that's not a big deal. You're going to regret things that you didn't do. You're going to regret not taking a chance and working a job that you hate and doing shit based on mm-hmm. somebody else's idea of what life should look like. That's what right. you're going to regret. Dude, it's so, because so, when the clock's out, the clock's out, man. Yeah, and, and, and it's all going to seem trivial. Mm-hmm. I'd, rather, mm-hmm. I'd rather be broke and live life how I want than wake up every day and just do shit that I hate. Mm. Just do not want to do and just shovel dirt. Mm. I love it. I love it. That's another freedom nugget, guys. You do not have to take it. It's interesting. I call him a, f- a friend and mentor, Grant Cardone, who's like, you know, people, a lot of people know the story, like how I, how he sort of helped shape my company as it is today. And people get confused. They're like, but dude, you're like the lifestyle guy. And he's like t- hustle 24 seven. How's that? And, and it's because he's chosen that path, right? Whether yeah, like that's what he loves. Yeah. He loves it. And, you know, and, 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 and I don't love it. I, I use my real estate and my educations and my programs. Um, and all my, I have three, four businesses. I use them to produce the lifestyle. I use mm-hmm. them. I use them and abuse them like little tools or big tools. That's all they are. Just spitting out cash so that I can get the bigger boat so I can spend another month down in the Caribbean so I can go take that surf trip with the family and, and not worry about anything. Yep. Yeah, I mean, you, yeah, it's there's not there's no right or wrong way as long as you're making an attempt to live life based on your values, based on your values, based, based yep. on your values, and based on on you know how you want your life to look like. That's what you should be working towards, mm-hmm. and and so you should ask yourself those questions, right? What do I want my life to look like? What do I enjoy doing? What do I hate doing? How do I get rid of doing the things that I hate doing? How do I do more of the fun stuff on the mm-hmm. rewarding stuff? So you know. For me, I'm in the same boat. Like for me, it's it's cash flow, it's real estate, it's rental properties, it's development. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like I love I love real estate development, and I would do it 24/7 if I could. Right. Mm-hmm. So, 
there is there's a congruence there between doing things that I love doing and those okay. things pain me really well. Um, you, you literally just that was my next question. Do you have to like like how do you look at life? Like do you have to absolutely be obsessed? Like like I. You know, we hear a lot, you have to love what you're doing to be successful, right? So it's like, okay, well, I love dolphins, so I need to go be a dolphin trainer. <laughs> well, personally, I no. got two friends that are dolphin trainers, and they can barely <laughs> eat peanut butter and jelly. So they're not you that You better happy. make sure they're not eating a dolphin. <laughs> they they rough, might. They're getting you know? close, dude. This, this, they're COVID, getting this COVID is going to get us, man. Meat, meat, <laughs> meat is running out. Toilet paper is already out. Um. No, there needs to be there needs to be a, a cross section between what you love and it having the ability to to pay you really well, mm. right? And mm-hmm. so again, and that's where what if if what you love to do, you can turn that into something that impacts a lot of people. Mm-hmm. That's when it's going to pay off, mm. right? Um, so as long as the love is impacting people, like you, the passion, the integrity you're saying. Well, the thing, the thing that you love to do has to also have ability to, to impact a lot of people and pay you well. So again, so like take our, take our software business, for example. I, mm, I, perfect. I'm, I'm, I'm passionate about the software business and it happens to be something that we can get into the hands of thousands and thousands of investors and it helps them, right? Mm. If, if, I, if I loved my software business, but nobody gave a shit about it, nobody wanted the software, nobody used the software, then I would just have a hobby Mm-hmm. And I would need another job to support my hobby, right? Mm-hmm. So there needs to be a cross section between your passion and your and 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 that passion having appeal to a lot of people, and and whereby it gives you ability to impact a lot of people. Does that make sense? Absolutely. We here do we love rehab valuary. T- tell us just a real quick, a little bit about about it, what it does, what it helps people do. Sure. So it it's it, it really does three things: deal analysis, deal marketing, and project management. Right. So mm-hmm. wholesalers. Uh, fix and flippers, uh, real estate developers, agents use the software to analyze deals, run comps, figure out what to offer. If you're a wholesaler, you can create uh, deal marketing presentations to sell your deals, to build your buyer's list. If you're raising capital, the software generates uh, private funding, hard money funding presentations. We use it to raise millions of dollars from our bankers. And then it's got a project management component where if you're rehabbing or you're doing new construction, you can create detailed construction budgets, templates to help you estimate costs. It's got an uh, accounting system that helps you track your projects in real time, create reporting around it, scheduling, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So it, it doesn't do everything in the real estate space. We're not that, that sort of one fits all solution. We do a couple of things, but we do them really well. We do them well. And, yeah. and, and dude, that right there, just the idea of a new person wanting in the game saying, hey, you guys are like trading real estate contracts. You're buying and selling properties. I don't even know how the heck to determine what a property is worth. Well, there you go. There's a yeah. software where the algorithms are already plugged in. Just leverage the software. It's like, mm-hmm. the, you know, it's, it goes back to what we're saying, right? Like, how, like that's helping people. And the software, you have the ability to help a lot of people at once. It's a beautiful thing about it. It, it. Exactly. Right. And so, and so that's the beauty of that business is we can spend a certain amount of time building a software mm-hmm. or, or an educational course, mm-hmm. but then we can get into the hands of many people with the same, almost the same amount of effort as we would to get into the hands of one person, mm. right. And scalable. Mm. So, um, love it. And the real estate development part is a little different, right? Because obviously the more we develop, the more people we can impact. But um, for me, I'm, 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 that's probably where my biggest passion lies is, is creating buildings, right? Seeing a piece of land and, and, and cre- creating something from scratch that, that's not there, 
but that's going to be there. It's going to be well built. And now if we do a good job building it, it's going to be around for a hundred years. And, you know, I mean, just think over the course of that hundred years, how many people will come and go through that building, will live there, will frequent the businesses. Um, totally. It's to, to me, that's cool. It is. Yeah. And, and you do like that. So there's where the passion is blending with something that's obviously going to produce good income. Yeah. So guys, I think, I think with the summary on that, right. was like, you don't have to be obsessedly in love with what it is you're doing. I mean, you can for sure. Um, but uh, in my opinion, I, me personally, my friends, I use businesses as a tool to go do the things that I love to do. But, but you know, for, for you, Justin, like you're super passionate about surfing and you, you are, incredibly entrepreneurial and obviously have, have a great knack for business. You, you could create a business around surfing and because it has such a broad appeal, right? Mm-hmm. You could mm-hmm. monetize the shit out of that business. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. so in your case, you have a hobby that you're incredibly passionate about mm-hmm. that also a lot of other people ha- happen to be interested in, right? Totally. If your thing was like pink cat sweaters with four buttons, mm-hmm. right? That's probably not like a big thing that can go big. Yeah. Right. Yeah. If that's what you're passionate about. I'm not yeah. sure that's a good example. <laughs> Dude. Well, as you were saying that, so a lot of people are listening, right? They're going, okay, well, that's great for you, Justin. That's great for you, Daniel. I mean, you got this awesome software company. You got this successful real estate business. And I did hear your story, man. And, and you, you, you started from nothing and you, you, you created something. And I think a lot of people still try to look at people like us and go, but that's you. And my, yeah. one of my passions with this podcast is to remind people and it comes through my language. You can all tell I'm not the, you know, I don't got the smoothest words out there, right? <laughs> Small vocabulary. Oh, I, I think you're pretty smooth, but that's all right. <laughs> so I appreciate that. So most people are going, well, that's good for you, but dude, I'm scared. I'm scared to make the move. I'm scared to, to leave the job. I'm scared to, you know, so my question to you is how First off, do you feel fear? And two, if you do, how do you handle it? So I, I actually recommend philosophy. Um, I've been reading a lot of stoicism lately. Mm, and, and so look, look into stoicism. Um, I've been reading a lot of Seneca lately. Mm, wow. But if you can detach yourself from needing things, mm-hmm. and if you can detach yourself from 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 just needing things in your life that are not the bare necessities, then what do you have to lose, right? So for me, I think the biggest damage, you know, if I, if I took a big risk and I lost everything that I have, the biggest damage would probably be kind of to my ego, but like I can live in the tent under a bridge. My, my wife at this point may not feel the same way. <laughs> she would not feel the same way. I know she wouldn't. <laughs> but, but my point is, um, first of all, yes, if you're starting out, yes, it's scary. Any, any new business, any new venture, any new, new risk, it's, of course, it should feel scary. Um, but what's the worst that's going to happen, right? You, you, won't, you won't succeed and you'll be right where you are now, probably. Maybe you'll lose a little money. Um, when I, when I got laid off, I, I read, uh, the four hour work week happened to have to come out literally almost right then and there. Wow. I read the, I read the, yeah, it was incredible. So I read the four hour work week and one of the things that Tim Ferriss, um, talked about in the book is he said, okay, you have a job, let's say you leave and you start 
a business and you work really hard in that business for a year and that business just fails, just bombs. And here you are with your resume and head in hand and you're now looking for jobs again because your dream of being an entrepreneur didn't work out. And you're going to sit in front of a person interviewing you and they're going to scan your resume and they're going to say, well, Justin, I, I see here you have a 12-month a, a gap in your resume. What were you doing for the last 12 months? And you're going to say, I started a new business. This is what I learned. This, 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 this is what I did. This, 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 this. You know, it didn't, it didn't work out, but here are all the new skills I acquired. Mm -hmm. Do you think that you're going to get a better job in a year than you have right now or worse? Right. So what, like, what's your worst case scenario? You're going to spend a little bit of time on something that doesn't work out. Maybe your dream doesn't work out. You're still going to be better off, right? You're still going to be better off. What's it, what is your worst case scenario, right? So yeah, it's scary, but look at your downside and look at your upside. You, you should take on risks where the upside is greatly disproportional to your downside. Mm -hmm. and, and, th and this is one of those scenarios where your upside is infinite and your downside is, is very, very small. Mm. Yeah. So, so sure, sure. It's risky here. Sure. It's scary, right? If it wasn't scary, everybody would do it and we'd all be entrepreneurs. We'd all have podcasts and we'd all like, nobody would, nobody would actually have jobs. It'd right. <laughs> 360 million Americans with, with businesses and yeah. Then yeah. nobody would work at the meat plant. And then we'd, be completely out of meat and toilet. Wait, sorry, we're already there. Never mind. <laughs> and and, and we're get, I know we're getting time. I know you got to run. I know you got a, 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 a webinar to get to. But look, check this out, guys. I just want want you to like pick up on something. Okay, two entrepreneurs talking. Right. We just now referenced what's going on right now. For those of you that are used to the background, okay, here at the Freedom Show Pod, Freedom Air Podcast and Freedom Air Show, we typically have the surfboard and all that stuff. Right now, we're at home because we're in quarantine and it's COVID. The world, if you were to be watching CNN, MSNBC, national and many most media outlets, you'd think the world's ending. <clears throat> People like us, we are talking about and obsessed with solely providing solutions and value. That's it. It's not saying that we don't, we're not aware, right? But look what we're no, doing. No, but, but yeah. you know, we're, I, I, I'd like to think that we're in position to, to help some people get through this. And, um, you know, we're, we're in position to be, to be leaders. And, you know, my businesses are still cranking along. And, and, and you know, I, we're fortunate. We've, we've served, we've built our own thing. And we were not laid off. Mm. We were adjusting where we've made adjustments to our businesses, but um, all I'm thinking about is, is the future, right? And, 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 and opportunities are incredible, right? So, mm -hmm. and, and I want to reference going back to what you said, and I've got, I've got still, still a little bit of time, you know, somebody's, somebody's listening to this and of course they're saying, well, yeah, you, you guys are already in a good place and, well, wherever I am, right? And, they, and, they, and, they, and, and there are far bigger, more successful entrepreneurs than me. And there are far bigger real estate investors and developers than me. And, and, and I still have major, first of all, aspirations of where I want to get to, mm -hmm. right? So 
you may be looking at me saying, yeah, I'd like to have your business. I'm looking at somebody much, uh, <laughs> much bigger than me saying, you know, yeah, I'd like to get to where you are. So that's the first thing to realize is that, you know, we're all, we all have our own role models. We all have our own mentors. We all have our own goals that we're still working and accomplishing. Right. And right. then the second is wherever it is that, that I am, I wake up every single morning and I go to work. Right. It, it, it's taken me 10 years of hard work to get to where, to where I, wherever I am. And they treat my business like, like a job to a degree, right? Like I, I, I have the discipline to wake up and go to work on my business every single day. And, and it didn't happen magically overnight. And um, there's nothing special about us. Right. We, we just made a decision to, to do things our way. And then, and then to back that up with some hard work. Back up some hard work. And that word that I think that will take our freedom nugget out of that is, is the word discipline. And, and, and um, dude, does the word, let me, I'll just ask you, does the word discipline, does that have a bad condemnation to it? Does that sound like a, like a oh, God, I got discipline or is that like discipline? What is discipline to you? Not, not to me. No, not, not, not to me. I, I, I think, I think, to, to me, it's been, it's been a, a policy, mm-hmm. right? And so to me, it's been a discipline to, again, wake up and, and go to work every day. Not that I haven't taken time off and traveled and enjoyed mm-hmm. the lifestyle, but, but it's also been a discipline to stay focused on, on my core businesses and say no to a lot of things mm-hmm. and not to jump around too much. I think discipline when it comes to that is incredibly important, right? Go deep instead of just go wide and jump at shiny objects all the time. Um, so discipline, I think this, this, to me, discipline doesn't have a negative connotation. I think discipline is incredibly important, yeah. especially now, right? In the world of, of so many distractions and so much social media and so many opportunities and so many shiny objects and, and so many people trying to talk in your ear, um, have the discipline to, to keep going with what you've decided to do. The, the yeah, only whatever. way it's going to pay, pay off is, is if you stay on, on, on that path. Right? Stay on that focus, yeah, yeah. Unless you've chosen the wrong path, then you better find the new path and then have the discipline to stay on that path. Right, right? exactly. <laughs> you know, um, but no, I, I think discipline is incredibly important because it, it's almost ironic, right? Like I, I, a lot of us we get into business to 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 have the lifestyle and to have the freedom, but mm-hmm. whether it's because we have the work ethic or the discipline or because we're so passionate about what we do, we end up. You know, I'm, I probably work harder on my businesses than I than I worked when I had a full time job. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But but every every minute of it, it it's for me and for my family, right? Yes, everything that I'm doing, fulfilling. yeah, everything that I'm doing is is for me and for my family, and 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 I have a very very good why. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's fine. So you feel fear? You just dance with it differently. I. I feel if we're really going to get deep and philosophical here, I feel fear of thinking too small and not mm. accomplishing what I want to accomplish before I die. Your, your, your fear is in what if I don't at least go? I'm not, look, I'll be honest. I'm not, I'm not, a, I'm not afraid of taking risks. Like yeah. my real estate development, I develop with my own money. I don't have outside investors. I have, I have a partner here on a deal and a partner here on a deal that, that contributes cash. But all, all my real estate development, I actually feel better putting my own money into the deals because wow. I'm not, then I'm not responsible to other people. And if I make a mistake and I mess up, it's my money that I lose. 
Wow. Right? So you were ra- that is rare. <clears throat> Everybody needs to understand that. It's very rare. <clears throat> the commercial world is typically 99. It's completely opposite of that, right? They, yeah. You're, you know, I, you're dumb for using your own money. You should always be using other people's money. You should, mm-hmm. um, that's not how I think. I, mm-hmm. again, to me, freedom and independence is incredibly important. I want to be responsible mm-hmm. to as few people as possible. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. I'm for the most part only develop with my own money, or or if I have strategic partners and deals. Mm-hmm. So for me, the fear I don't like. I'm I'm not afraid of losing money. I'm I'm honestly not afraid of losing money. I'm not afraid of of losing my businesses. I'm afraid of regrets later on in life about things that I should have done differently. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Dude, I love that. I love that. I, I, that needs to be the freedom nugget right there. I, I'm fearful of what I may not do. Like I'm, fe- I'm fearful. Like the fear is for you is not doing what you know you can do, not living up to Daniel's potential. Like you said earlier, okay, you guys see us here in one place, but we could like, you want to be here. You want to be up. There's other businesses that you aspire. Well, and I, and I will say that, right? So again, and this is my personal philosophy. I'm not trying to put this on anybody else. I, I, I have levels that I want to get to, but I'm choosing, I could have gotten to those levels already if I had gone and raised outside money. So for example, like I look at big mixed use developments, there are thousands of units. And I mean, like I look at that, I like, I want to be doing that in 10 years. Like I want to be building massive projects, right? Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. 50, $100 million projects. And what I'm mm-hmm. doing now is like a $5 million project here mm-hmm. and there, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, but I've chosen purposely not to get there already by raising a lot of outside capital. Mm-hmm. And I'm choosing to do things in my terms, right? Which is mm-hmm. I, I want to continue developing for the most part with my money and organically growing into those projects. Mm-hmm. So again, I, whatever your values are, right? Like identify what your values are and, and live according to those values. So my... My values are, I want to do some things, but I'm not ready to do those things. And I'm going to get there on my own terms mm-hmm. rather than just irresponsibly taking money from a lot of people when I'm not ready. Right. When it, right. right? Yeah. So, so whatever your values are, identify what they are and just live accordingly. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm not telling anybody that my values are, are better than, than somebody else's values. Like I'm doing shit the way I want to do it. You're doing it the way you want to do it. That's another takeaway. Do it the way you the way you do it. Just take from us that you can do it. That's that's my thing with this with this show is that I just want to help people understand that you know if you're here, it's be, it's for a reason, right? You're obviously interested. Now the question becomes, how interested? How committed are you, right? And yeah, and, and look, just it's it, a day at a time, right? How, how do you, how do you eat an elephant? One by the time. time. Don't overthink it. You don't need to have a five-year plan. You don't need to have a 10-year. I have have no idea what my five-year plan is. Yeah. No idea what my 10-year plan is. I haven't got a clue. I'm just having fun. I want people to understand that guys, you do not need to have this whole thing planned out. Like I don't have a five-year plan. I know I, I see the, I see the vision that I want in five or 10 years, the bigger boat, the, the, you know what I mean? I see that stuff. But, but you, I don't have it written out. And so many people, buddy, that I, don't you think that they want to know everything? Well, but they also have, they, they also something. have a lot of, they yeah. also have a lot of gurus that are telling them that you need to, to map it all out and plan it yeah. out and write down your five-year goals and 10-year goals and yeah. two-week goals and four. And <laughs> goal, 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 goal. <laughs> we write goals forever. <laughs> once you actually start doing things, you, you, you're going to end up changing Right, your idea of success, you're gonna end up changing your idea of what, what how you wanna get there. 
So just just start, right? Starting yeah. is the hardest part. Start. Make sure you're learning from good people like Justin. Yeah. Uh, make sure that you are going deep and not going wide. And I know we're speaking in very generic terms here, but it's it's hard to give advice to to a lot of people that you know. Um, it's supposed to be scary. It's supposed to. Be. It's supposed to be scary and it's supposed to be risky. Mm-hmm. But but the downside is again, you're going to be like the masses. Do you want to be the masses? The, the masses are, they wake up, they commute to work, do a job they, they don't feel fulfilled by, and they go to sleep every night worrying how to pay their bills and worrying how to pay their mortgage, and they're at the mercy of other people. If, you, if your boss decides to downsize, you've, it's your, your head in hand looking for another job, mm-hmm. um, and most of the money you make, you're, you're, you're a consumer. You're spending on things, a lot of them you don't need. Mm-hmm. Um, you are that part of the economy, right? And and if you if you wanna if you want the freedom, if you want the lifestyle, which is which is something that you do a great job teaching, Justin. If you want the freedom, you, you want the lifestyle. You you need to do things differently, mm. right? Dude, I love it. I love it. So one on that, my, my final question for you, man. Again, I just really appreciate you and respect your time here. Um, uh, final question is, you know, throughout your years of being an entrepreneur in multiple different businesses. Um, is there something that has helped you do just that, like helped you be able to enjoy more time? So do the things that you want to do, do the travel. Like right now, I know you have two kids here, so there's not as much travel as they're usually, uh, as usual. Right. Um, especially during COVID. Um, but, mm-hmm. but what is it that allows you to have more time and spend more time at home? Is it, was it a, a, did you have a, was there a certain few moves that you made that you said, okay, wow, I really don't have to do all this, 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 this one hire whether it was a bookkeeper, whether it was accounting, whatever, this, this one thing just freed up a lot more time. So we'll be back with the top one or two things that moves that you've made in your businesses that give you the most freedom. Well, so in, in real estate, it, from very early on, I focused on cash flow. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that's been, that's been a big driver of me having freedom and having ability to travel and, and not having to do, consistent deals even, right? It's, it's my focus for almost from the beginning has been on building recurring monthly cash flow from, from our rental portfolio. And that's not to say that I don't fix and flip, uh, but even like we're building new construction houses now that we're selling. Mm-hmm. I'm building them in a partnership where I buy the land and I fund the deal mm-hmm. and somebody else is doing all the legwork. So mm-hmm. I, I, I may see the house three times before it go, goes to open house. Mm-hmm. So, so I've structured my real estate business where my focus is cash flow, and 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 when I'm doing transactional deals, which is deals that pay you once, mm-hmm. I'm doing them typically in a partnership where it doesn't require any of my time. Mm. Love that. Take that. Take that to the bank, guys. It, it, he he focused on cash flow, so I see the rental income um, where it's not nonstop transactional engineering. And, okay. and, and I mean, as far as hires, again, in my real estate business, when, when, when I hired the property manager, an in-house property manager to manage my portfolio, that was a game changer for me because, mm. you know, uh, before I got to about 40 units, I was managing everything myself. Mm. And oh, when they cool. hired an in-house property manager, we were probably right at like 35 or 40 units. I hired, I didn't want to outsource the third-party property management because I, I have very particular ways we like to do things. And I wasn't ready yet to hire an in-house property manager, meaning the 
cash flow that was coming from those 35 units, we couldn't, it couldn't really support a full-time property manager. But I did it anyway. I did it before we were ready. And I, I dumped some more money into the bucket so that we could pay the property manager. But that was a game changer, right? Freeing myself up from property management was, was a game changer for my time and for my ability to focus on, on higher tasks. Um, but, you know, I'm still figuring the hiring thing out. Like, I'm an entrepreneur, so management and hiring doesn't come easily to me. I totally and that's, and that's a yeah. huge, that's probably a huge, um, it's, a, it, it's a part, it's a thing that I need, I need to get better at. I need to hire more people. I'm still doing a lot of things that I don't want to be or shouldn't be doing myself. But yeah. um, that's probably the one aspect of my business that I'm not very good at is hiring motivating like i just mm. want to do the work man mm. Interesting. right so yeah. so so I'm, I'm getting better at that yeah good 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 dude well dan i appreciate your time so much man um you've dropped a lot of great what do we call them freedom nuggets man freedom <laughs> nuggets there'll be a a list of freedom nuggets uh underneath the the call notes here um and the real takeaway here is you know don't be a consumer be a producer um, I think people are going to take that to the bank. So um, where can people go to find you, follow you, or check out the uh, Rehab Valuator? So if you go to just re- rehabvaluator.com, uh, you can sign up for a free version of the software. That also gets you on our email list. Uh, you can. Uh, I'm not big on social media other than Facebook. So I'm on Facebook. You can find me pretty easily, Daniel, D-A-N-I-I-L, Clayman. Um but the best part is probably our website. You, you can sign up for the software that gets you on our email list. I, if you get those emails, you respond to them. I, I read those emails personally. So it's pretty, pretty easy to get a hold of me. Well, we've promoted it a few times and, and, and um, uh, recommend it. And uh, people absolutely love it, man. We get nothing but great Good. feedback, dude. So it's a, it's a great product. And, and how much you care into providing something that works shows in the product itself, dude. So, so, so good work, man. I good appreciate work. that. Yeah. Absolutely. So rehabvaluator.com. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Hey man, thank you so much. Oh, there it is on the t-shirt. <laughs> Love it. Shameless self-promotion. Where would I be without it? You know, you gotta do it, man. I rehab. I just figured, you know, maybe you just yeah. got out of a certain place or something. But the talk. funny thing is, yeah, I think if I were, if I wear this shirt, like out in public, that's, that may be what people think um, <laughs> the about that. me. They just, they, they don't, they think, I just got this at a rehab facility. So yeah. yeah, he's proud. He made it out. He's got his coin. That's right. That's right. Unless of course I'm walking around in this t-shirt holding a beer in my hand, but that's, <laughs> that's what you need to do. As soon as COVID's done, you need to wear that's that right. shirt. Again. I plan on it. Trust me. <laughs> Good. Awesome. Awesome. Well, it's been a great time. And, and once again, I appreciate you, man. And just keep doing what you're doing. And thank you for dropping so much knowledge on our listeners and uh, look forward to, to doing this again. Yeah, my pleasure, bro. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on. Thank you. You got it, brother.